with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Yes, it is full time on KCLR with myself, Sinead Kyo. How are you all doing? Hopefully you had a nice weekend. I'm sure you did if you're from Palatine or Black and Whites or Dainsfort. Uh, lots of club uh, championship action happening over the weekend and uh, lots of big wins there for local teams. Uh, we're going to be discussing all of those games over the next hour. Looking forward to my chat now in just a second with Willie Quinlan, of course, Carlo football legend. Going to be talking about that historic win for Palatine in the Leinster Championship at the weekend. I'm also going to be talking to Taggy Fogarty as well. A big win for Blacks and Whites in the Junior Championship and then in the Intermediate then Dainsfort uh, had a, a victory there uh, against Thomastown and we're also going to be talking to Pod O'Dwyer as well. Many of you will know Pod as a GAA referee there in Carlo. Um, lots of, of headlines uh, over the last couple of weeks of instant instances of referee abuse and it was uh, National Referee Day there on Saturday so uh, the GAA trying to come up with new initiatives and different ideas to try and tackle that problem that currently exists in the GAA so there's lots and lots uh, to get through between now and seven o'clock and as you would have heard just on the news there just before crossing over to me Amy mentioned there that uh, Sky Sports have ended their uh, nine year partnership with the GAA so that that's big news, uh, something, a partnership that was uh, very controversial to to say the least um, from from the very beginning. So do get in contact with the show if you do have any thoughts uh, or opinions on anything that I mentioned there. The Dinner's Ready uh, contact line is open now. It's 083 306 9696. But I am delighted to be joined on the line now uh, by our very own Willie Quinlan. Willie, how are you doing? Hi Sinead, how are you? I'm not too too bad, uh, Willie. Uh, great day yesterday in Netwatch Cullen Park if you are a Carlos supporter. Um, fabulous display by, by Palatine and as I mentioned there in the introduction, quite historic as well. First time uh, to claim victory in the Leinster Championship. So all around, great day for Carlo, I think, for Carlo GAA supporters. Yeah, great day, Sinead. And, and a great performance by, uh, you could say, a team performance. Um, going into the game we were looking at they were missing quite a number of players and when we turned up we, we actually heard of Stephen Riley their full back who had been uh, exceptional all through the year he was actually out through injury as well so they were missing Jack Brennan Tomas Kenny Jamie Kenny David Reid and Stephen Riley and we were thinking they are going to be under huge pressure and they started off uh, very very nervous uh, went three points to one down but then the recovery was just incredible seven scores in a row and um never look back going into five or ten minutes in the second half after scoring their second goal you could see the game the game was really over um, their fitness levels the way they moved the ball their younger guys the way they I suppose interlocked in, with the team with the the, the older statesmen of it, the likes of Conor Lawler or Kieran Moore and them guys they were just incredible and a great great day for Carlo and for Palantine Football Club and it, it was amazing uh, really to just to, to sit back and, and observe that performance uh, Willie because as you mentioned you know a lot of setbacks there for Palatine missing an awful lot of players and I was just listening in to yourself and Anushin Langan on the, the commentary yesterday and you were saying look this is going to be an uphill battle but as it turned out they completely blew the opposition away uh, St. Pat's of, of Wicklow uh, it's not something I don't think uh, either of you were expecting 
No, definitely. You could see it. Um, I think they were a little bit nervous maybe starting off. They hadn't won a championship in a couple of years. Um, has been dominated by Rathvilly and, and their Oak. But after about 10 minutes, when they did really kick into gear, you could see Conor Crowley, the full forward line, um, he actually scored one, one, three, uh, one, two from play. Uh, Joshua Egan, the full forward, who's only 18, he's only just out of minor, he, he got on a, the sheet scoring a point and laid off a couple of scores, and Andrew Kehoe. So you can see the full forward alone scored, uh, between the three of them scored one, five. Shane O'Neill was on freeze, he kicked six frees and one from play, seven frees. And they just dominate every every area, every department of the game, and uh, never look back after you know. I, I suppose a shaky start, ten minutes into it, three points down, three points to one. But after that, it was all Palantine. Um, excuse, excuse me. They were just showed their their level of fitness. Their game plan really, really worked. The first time ball that they're looking at every single time into Andrew Keogh and Connor Crowley, they're just able to win their own ball. They're able to turn and get their own scores and bring other players into the game and. Uh, St. Pat's just couldn't live with them actually St. Pat's didn't look um, as fit as Palantine they didn't look as, as organised they tried the long ball in early on in the in the first half when that didn't work they just seemed to run, run over ideas they, they struggled um, their their captain Thomas Kelly who scored 1-5 in the in the final of the, the Wicklow final against Bottenglass he was you know I think he scored two frees and a point from play down to three points and um, really after that they had no one else to go for Paul O'Brien a wing forward scored a one point and a Conor O'Brien scored two points but this just struggled all, all areas of, of the field and when, as I say when the ball went into the full forward line into Palantine Crowley, Josh Wiegel and Andrew Keogh were just exceptional and I thought it was very interesting uh, just listening to some post-match audio there with Shane O'Neill uh, yesterday. Uh, just he was saying how you know um, Willie a lot of the time I think clubs will openly admit that you know they're aiming for a county title and once they achieve that then you know anything that comes after that is bonus territory but uh, Shane was was saying to to Oisin yesterday that you know they kind of came together after the county final and they all agreed that they were really going to have a go at Leinster and you know they they started as they mean to to go on um, and that was very ev- evident yesterday so I think they'll they'll carry a lot of momentum into uh, this next game against Port Arlington in a couple of weeks time Yeah definitely and, and I listened to Pado, Pado Flynn's uh, interview after as well on, on KCO Budushin and you know he just said it's, it's player driven the players are, are driving this he said there's 39 on the WhatsApp group and he said any any time you can you see a text going in, guys, I'm going to the gym. Anybody, anybody available? And there's always six or seven lads going to the gym. I'm going to the field, and there's always six or seven lads turning up. Whether it's just have a kick around. And he, he said they just love what they're doing at, at the minute, and they will have momentum. And uh, definitely, I, I know it's not going to be easy. Port Arlington are a different kettle of fish. They've won three in a row in leash. Uh, had a great run last year. They were unluckily beaten by Kilmacoda. Went on to win the the Leinster Championship, and they're back in it again. They're playing. Nace I think next weekend but um, a huge experience that, that uh, Port Arlington have but I'm sure you know Palantine won't be afraid of them every win you get in the Leinster Club Championship gives you a huge amount of experience and the big thing for me was at, at the weekend the subs that they were able to bring in the likes of Cottle O'Neill Keen Kelly uh, young uh, Parry Kelly Tommy, Tommy Fitzharris I mean that can only give them uh, the experience that they're learning from the Leinster Championship and uh, it's it's definitely a great exposure for them in the in the next coming games.
Uh, Willie, like just uh, you know, at, at half time there, they had a they had a seven point lead, uh, so they were quite comfortable at the break. But as you know, as I know, as everyone that's involved in Gaelic games know, like anything can happen in in football. Um, so you know, maybe the fans might have been a little bit wary uh, that uh, you know there might have been a, a purple patch there for um, for St. Pat's. But like I was really impressed by the composure that they did show. In the second half they you know they really they really got stuck in, in in the second half and they didn't let them back into the game at all did they yeah yeah well we, we were Sinead we were actually waiting for for St. Pat's to come to life at, at some stage they were like you know that as you said they were, have this purple patch they were losing 1-3 to no score in, in their own county final they were down 1-5 to 5 points at half time and they ended up coming back and beating Bottingla so we, we were just thinking you know they're, they're definitely a kick out of them definitely going to come back but uh, Palantine scored 1-8 in the first half they were 1-8 to 4 points up but they also scored 1-6 in the second half but St. Pat's only scored another 4 points so was, they, they just didn't allow them back into the game they dominated in the middle you have to say Jason Kane and, and Finbar Kavanagh were exceptional done the simple things won the ball around the middle drove forward but the first time ball they're looking for the first time ball all the time Shane O'Neill really is after coming on in the last year um, his fitness levels I mean he was always a good footballer and, and uh, you know very very accurate you could see that from his free taking but he's after really getting himself back into shape um, this year I would say he's really confident he's a strong player he's a good passer of the ball and, and they look to interlink with the three guys inside and they're not afraid to put the ball into the full forward lane a lot of teams play this defensive football where there's 14 behind the ball and that will get you so far it will stop I suppose the other team so far but you'll find it very hard to get, to get scores Palantine on the other hand, hand scored 214 and 214 in winter conditions will win a lot of games Sinead Definitely, I think um, I think there's lots to be optimistic about uh, you know from a Carlo uh, GAA supporters point of view uh, Willie even looking at how the, the game was broadcast there on the national uh, airwaves uh, yesterday as well um, it was it was broadcast on television um, like I think there there's a lot to be very hopeful about where the progression of Carlo football is concerned Yeah and there's there's a couple of guys there I mean you'd like to see the likes of Finbar and, and uh, Kieran Moore come back in Conor Lawler who opted for Hurland the last couple of years um, Conor Crowley is obviously he, he's in there already he's, he's the last couple of years has been really the standout forward for, for Carlo all through the year as well Shane O'Neill you'd like to see him coming back in so it, it, it's great it can only bring up the level of the of county football when you see them uh, develop and, and play so well in the Leinster Club Championship and you know look, really looking forward to the Port Arlington game in two weeks time and you know as a county all we can do is stay getting behind our teams I mean it's not only only them Clanmore had a great win yesterday in the in the junior championship against the, the Longford champions the really young team looked really good uh, very very fit moved the ball well got some great scores and you know you'd like to see some of the, some of those guys coming in and uh, throw their hat in the, in the ring in, in the next couple of months maybe for the county as well yeah, definitely. It's um, it's given Nile Crew lots of food for thought there, uh, and it's it's one of those things that we call a, a good headache, uh, giving them plenty of options um, there for for the for the upcoming season, I think. But uh, just something I, I wanted to um, to touch on with you as well, Willie. Uh, just before we go, you may have heard just on on the headlines there just before it crossed over to this show, uh, Sky Sports are no longer going.
going to be broadcasting GAA matches um, that partnership with the GAA uh, has been terminated controversial from the very beginning uh, I'm just curious to get your, your thoughts on, um, on the termination of, of that relationship yeah, well, definitely controversial from the beginning because um, they took so many games, you know, away from the the, the normal TV that the, the likes of the RTEs. So we say people, o- older people that would have tuned into RTE would have missed out on a lot, lot of games. But on the other hand, you have to look at it on on the from the bigger point of view. They brought, you know, uh, expanded our game, I suppose, all around the world. I remember being away. Um, a couple of years ago and, and picking up an All-Ireland final I think it could have been in Spain or somewhere um, on, on Sky and I thought well this, you know this is this is a good thing for the exposure of the game anyway and I suppose the sponsorship that they would have brought and the, they would have generated lots of money around the GA as well so that's going to be a huge loss uh, you know to the GA also I suppose we, we had a, a lot of analysts there there was three or four football and the same in the hurling um, that that would be probably losing their jobs as well. I know it'd be it's a sideline for them, it's a second second job really. But um, you'd have to say a huge loss for for um, those guys and and for the GEA. But you'd like to see now RTE step up and uh, uh, you know cover a lot more of the games. I see Sky were talking about looking at um, maybe looking at sixteen or eighteen league games. Well, maybe RTE and TG Carter can step up and show those games and we can go back to where we were a couple of years ago I think it's 2014 since they stepped in um, so for the old, for the older generation I'm sure they're really happy because they might get to see more games on RT and hopefully uh, they'll, they'll listen to more of the likes of myself and Brendan on the radio as well Yeah definitely well that's that's definitely a positive anyway um, well listen it was lovely talking to you as always uh, Willie um, we're, we're going to wait with, with baited Brett now to see um, what, what's going to happen uh, as, as Palatine progress in the in, in the Leinster Championship but no doubt uh, if, if, if what their their form at the moment if that's anything to go by uh, we're, we're going to be we're going to be happy as this uh, championship unfolds but uh, listen thanks a million Willie we'll, we'll chat to you again very soon looking forward to it Sinead thank All you alright thanks a million that was uh, Willie Quinlan there uh, Carlo football legend and um, KCLR analyst as well we're going to take a really quick ad break now coming up after the break we're going to hear from the one and only Eddie Scally on that victory for Black and Whites yesterday and you'll also hear from Richie Hogan as well of Sports. so do stay tuned for that Full time on KCLR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, LaHartsSkoda.ie. Full time on KCLR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, LaHartsSkoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as I mentioned just before the ad break, you're going to hear from Eddie Scad, of course, Blacks and Whites uh, manager and also a uh, presenter here of Scoreline on a Friday evening. Adrian Ronnie Ronan, our own commentator, former Kilkenny Hurler as well, he caught up with Eddie after that match. Eddie Scally. Ronnie, how are you going? I'd have to have you honest, Eddie. I didn't think this was possible. A lot of people, but you told us all year, all week, that we might be wrong and how wrong we were. Yeah, look, I'm just, I'm just delighted. I remember talking to you a couple of years ago and I said to you, I might stay with these too long. 
and you said to me straight out, you said, Eddie, if they're improving, you stick with them. And if they're not improving, walk away. And I just felt in my heart that night leaving, and you might believe this, I said, I'm going to give these another year. I think they have it in them. And I went to the boys and said, let's do one more. And here we are in Nolan Park after winning the junior title. So I can take some credit, Eddie. You <laughs> <get it. laughs> Eddie, all over the field, from the very off. Now, Eddie, I had blacks and whites all year. But there was players that I said at during the station, they just stood up like men. You're experienced, man. The Crow, Dowd at centre-back, Kendi, and then my little man, Nipper in the middle of the centre-forward. But I know you don't sing it out individuals, but they were brilliant all over the field. They were, they? you know. We said it in the dressing room before the game, and the senior players stood up, and like, now Kennedy's won junior titles with this club. So was Crow, so was Dowdy, and so was Paul. And they told the younger lads, they said, boys, we were here 13 years ago winning these titles. We've done it. But, you know, it's, it's year day today, and we're going to help you through it. And I think the younger lads drove on the older lads, and my God, when you want experience, like these lads have it in abundance, character as well, you know. Eddie, at times, the, the match, I felt, was going for me. You lost your way with 10, five minutes before half time. Then Wine Gap came back, could have got a goal, missed a goal. Then he had a brilliant, brilliant chance. Sven and Dyle made a great run, and Cody made a great save. Surely, but the God just said, is this not going to be me there? Yeah, look, the ball fell to Ryan. I thought it was in the back of the net. If you knew Ryan, you know that there's yeah. only one place it's going. And you know what the saving grace on it was that the keeper saved and I went out for 65 and Ryan tapped it over the bar and put us three points ahead. You know, I just, I just didn't want to be... We didn't want to be in that position. We had 10 minutes again where we fell asleep. And in fairness to Wine Gap, these are a bloody good team. And I said this to the boys, they're going to have the proper patch. But they made big use of it. We were lucky not to concede a goal in that period. But when we didn't, I thought, you know, just maybe in that last four minutes, it felt like 40 for me now. Eddie, during the year, you made a few big decisions. I know you, you might have given up some of your bad habits. It looked like you ran like Usain Bolt when that final whistle then today. I never <laughs> seen man go as fast. <laughs> I was going in to make sure the referee wasn't blowing for a free. I know what. I just, no, I, I, to be honest, Ron, like you know yourself, Ronnie, the amount of stuff that goes into these things. And like, it's, just, it's just elation. Like, you just, you, Matty turned around to me with five minutes ago and he said, why do we do this? He said, you know, and it's, it's for this feeling that I have right now, I could walk on water. Eddie Scally, manager of Blacks and Whites. Enjoy the next two weeks. That was Eddie Scully there, elated after that victory for Black and Whites in UPMC uh, Nolan Park. So uh, we're going to actually, as I said just before the break there, we just heard from Eddie Scally that was the, the junior uh, final, but we're now going to hear uh, from Richie Hogan, of course, Kilkenny stalwart, but also a uh, long-time uh, servant to Dainsfort GAA club as well. And uh, we caught up with, with Richie after the game. Richie Hogan, sometimes... Or before the game, we mentioned the, the performance of TJ Reid. And you know me and you go back a little long way. And I mentioned, wouldn't it be great to see Richie Hogan giving a performance? Jesus, what a ah, performance. Look, it was incredible. It was incredible. But, like, I mean, and I've said this to a few people, I'm just so proud of the younger lads. I mean, I've been going a while, I know how to play, and I'm expected to perform. But, like, those young lads coming through... Ben Whitty, 17 years of age. Cahill Kearney, I think, is 19 years old. Like, they were incredible today. I mean, with no experience. And, um, you know, and I've been in finals when I've been younger and I know how difficult it is to perform. And the difference between us and the bigger teams is we need those guys to perform. And, God, they were just, they were just incredible. And I think they made the difference for us all year, not just today. And um, I'm just so proud of those guys now and hopefully they'll push on. Richie, when you woke up this morning, it was biblical weather. Was that a good thing or a bad thing for Dansford? I, I don't know. We didn't care, to be honest. Look, um, we played some brilliant hurling early on in the year when the ground was hard and uh, we had some brilliant forwards who so we were able to use the ball really, really well. And then we played in a monsoon in the semi-final and we played incredibly well too against a really good, strong team. Um, so we can play in all sorts of weather. And um, 
Today it was, it was heavy under the ground, but I thought we used the ball incredibly well and we also won the battle. And, um, like, you know, if it was anyone else except Thomastown, we would have won that by a lot more, but mm. they just kept coming back. You know, they showed incredible heart, incredible will to win, and thank God we had enough. You mentioned a few of the younger lads. The move of James and Lally coming out in the middle of the field after extra at full time. I think he got two points for sure and was involved. But the backs, they conceded 425, but yet Des Dunn, Dermot Feeling. You know, for young chaps, they were bouncing off of lads. Yeah, they were outstanding. I think in general play, they were outstanding. And, I mean, you look at the, the, the goals that they got. Um, you know, there were balls lobbed into the square and broke to the right lad. And, you know, Paddy nearly saved the penalty. He nearly saved the goal. And, you know, if you, it looked as if, it looked as if um, everything was going right for them and everything was going wrong for us. I mean, I had a goal chance that was flicked away in the second half. And in the first half, a ball hit the crossbar and flew across the goal. They were breaking for Thomastown. They weren't breaking for us. And that's what makes our win today even better, that we did it the hard way and we did it with things going against us. Richie Hogan has played in many a game and has starred in many a game this one you'll be very quietly pleased won't you go home this evening ah look I'm incredibly proud um, to be from Dainsford I'm incredibly proud that we won today and you know it's just like these days are brilliant we don't have as many these days as everyone else and um, you know we haven't had one for 10 years and god we're going to enjoy this the good news for Kilkenny Hurling Farrers you haven't said it but I'm going to say it Richie Hogan has to train for the winter that means he can be seen in the Kilkenny jersey next year again ah uh, it might mean that I wear myself out too but um, <laughs> look I'm just incredibly I'm enjoying playing hurling at the minute and um, enjoying playing games, game after game, week after week, building the fitness up and keeping it going. And, um, you know, I'm just like, if we can get a run at this championship, it'd be, it'd be incredible. And sure, you wouldn't know what would happen after that. In 2011, you probably left it behind you that Leinster Championship, or, and you were fortunate to win a junior all earned it's a lovely competition to win <laughs> it is yeah 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 uh, we had we had we had good lads behind us there when we won it in in, in 2006 but um uh yeah uh, we we were di we were disappointed and um and we lost to uh, we lost to um the team from Carlow, Mount Leinster Rangers, yeah. who won the who won the All Ireland that year and into the All Ireland Senior Final the following year, and um, you know we were down paddy for that Leinster Championship um, campaign as well, and um, we were really disappointed. And of course, we'll get look. We have three weeks, so we'll um, we'll train hard. We'll take we'll take a couple of days off, and we'll train hard for that. And uh, of course, we'll, we we want to we want to well every day we go out, and uh, we want to go as far as we can. Richie Hogan as a supporter and an admirer. I've watched it for a long time. I really enjoyed today. Congratulations. Thanks very much, Roy. That was Richie Hogan there, Kilkenny legend and Dainsport legend as well, speaking to Adrian Ronnie Ronan after the intermediate final there against Thomastown. We're going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be speaking to Aidan Taggy Frogarty. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as you will, will have heard, um, it was county final day yesterday in the Kilkenny Junior and the Intermediate uh, Championship. And I'm joined on the line now by Aidan Fogarty. He was there with Adrian Ronnie Ronan on commentary duties. Uh, he joins me on the line now. How are you doing, Aidan? 
Sinead, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. Not too bad. Um, I suppose we'll start off with the, the junior final, uh, Aidan. Fantastic day there for blacks and whites. We're just listening to some uh, post-match uh, audio there from um, uh, from Eddie and absolutely elated. Uh, just an, an, an unbelievable day for, for the club. Yeah, look, uh, it was a fantastic day. It was um, unbelievable scenes uh, after the final whistle went, to be fair. Um, I think the big thing was really that both these teams, they're not used to playing in county finals, Sinead, and uh, the 2009 since Blacks and Whites uh, were in the county final and they won it that year and 2001 since um, well, since Weingap was in it. So there was a big crowd. Uh, it was a lovely day for Hurling, uh, albeit a lot of rain uh, fell Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Pitch was a little bit heavy, but uh, great conditions. It was nice and calm, uh, not not a bit of wind in it. And uh, yeah, you could just see the, the excitement and the pure elation to get over the line. Blacks and whites were just, uh, yeah, they're on a different level when, when it came to the final whistle. Eddie Scally there, I said, you know, said in commentary, he would give uh, Usain Bolt a, a run for his money the way he sprinted onto the field uh, <laughs> for, 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 for the uh, celebration. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a great game of hurling to be fair as well. Two great games in the park. Yeah, and and like you know, just to like I suppose elaborate a little bit more on on the black on blacks and whites, like they would have came into the the game as as underdogs, but they proved a lot of people wrong. And I think one of the things that stood out about them yesterday, uh, Taggy, was just you know they seem to really have that fire in their bellies and and that spirit that I think yourself and and Ronnie you could hear it on the commentary yesterday. You were you were really kind of just standing back and in admiration of just that spirit that they showed yesterday it was um, it was something really to admire yeah absolutely and uh, he hit the nail on the head there to, to spirit and to fight and to tough and to hard and to determination uh, really got him over the line and uh, Baxter Whites came in as underdogs and probably rightly so came in as underdogs I think uh, Wine Gap were, uh, were hot favourites and I suppose they were hot favourites from the fact they probably beat Tullerher earlier on in the year and Tullerher Ross Birkin were favourites for the junior championship and then once that happened, uh, Wine Gap just became favourites uh, all of a sudden. And I think that suited Blacks and Whites' tag. Um, I think, and I, I'm not uh, running down Blacks and Whites by saying this, I think they're in bonus territory to be in a county final. But that's what happens during the year, and Eddie Scally will tell you that as well. Um, you know, they, they, they got over ourselves in the Emeralds, uh, they played Callan <coughs> and played uh, Pilltown in a tight battle in a semi final as well. And their best game, and that's what we always say, their best game came down to the county final, and they were really, really good. You know, first half. Um, I thought Ryan Murphy and Jamie Byrne were in great scoring form and they led uh, 10 points to 8 and uh, Wine Gap were kind of just hanging in there you know they, they were, they were touching, touching points with Jack Dyle uh, Adam O'Shea and James Power just just keeping them in touch you know and a uh, big turning point then was the goal just before half time uh, a long ball that uh, fell to the square and, and, and then Miss Bowley just passes uh, straight to the back of the net and uh, I think then in the second half realistically Wine Gap were always going to get their purple patch and they did and they got five points on the trot between the 46th and 52nd minute. And it looked like Wine Gap were going to push on. But to be fair to Blacks and Whites, they dug deep. Um, they got to the, they got the score once it's a draw match. Uh, Paul Murphy got a point. Uh, Ryan Murphy got a point and put it over the bar uh, to bring them on ahead. And they got the last two points uh, towards the end to, to, to win out 117 to 17 victors. But it was uh, definitely uh, the game for Blacks and Whites. They were the better team. Um, Wine Gap, I, I just felt... I don't know that they they looked a bit a little bit nervous and Blacks and Whites had a better game plan and they they put it up on the board they got their scores a little bit easier and they were by far the better team on the day. Taggy, you mentioned the goal there just before the break. That really was critical, wasn't it? Um, like even right before that, you kind of felt that Wine Gap were sort of edging their way back into the game, but then once that goal went in. 
there wasn't really any looking back for, for blacks and whites. It came just at a really crucial time, just before the break, and it gave them that momentum then, I suppose, going in at halftime. Yeah, no, for sure. And you always talk about uh, scores before halftime and big scores. And you always like getting a goal before halftime because you're going with your tails up. You know, your confidence in the dressing room. And, and that was it. And to be fair, to, to just the ball, uh, like you talk about county finals and, and great goals and scores, uh, a lot of the goals there yesterday was just a long ball to the square. And it was a long ball to the square and it was battered in by, by, by Foley. And that gave them the kind of enough kind of space to keep winding up at, at arm's length. And as I said in the commentary uh, yesterday, that Wine Gap will get their purple patch, and they did. But in fairness to Blacks and Whites, they, they they reacted and they kept they kept them. They brought it back to a draw game, and they kept their nerve. And they got the, the after they brought it back to a draw, Blacks and Whites got the next score, and that was a massive score by 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 by, by Ryan Murphy to put it over the bar. And then you could see the kind of belief and the determination in Blacks and Whites to kind of push on, and they did push on. But realistically, it was. The goal before half time, as I said, one seventeen to seventeen goals in matches, and they got the goals before half time to win it. And Taggy, just interesting that you say there that there was a lot of long ball in and into the square there because I heard on the commentary before the game start you were saying you know both teams kind of like to play the short game and the damp conditions might um, you know might kind of hinder their their strategy. But actually, like they adapted very well, didn't they? Like the damp conditions didn't really impact the quality of the game. No, absolutely not. And we alluded to at the start of the game, we said Wine Gap are actually doing the short puck outs as well as Blacks and Whites, and they were playing the short game um, for, for long periods of the game. But I think in county finals especially, it, it tends to kind of open up. And I think, you know, when you're when you're ahead, you kind of want to see out the game and you tend to just kind of get rid of the ball, if that makes sense, just down the field, get it out of the way, get it out of the danger zone. And, and that's what kind of happened and that's where, that's where the goal came from. But the quality of hurling in the junior county final was exceptional in my mind as I said the pitch was heavy now the guys have it in great condition but there was patches of it that slippy but the, the hurling was crisp you know touches were good you know there wasn't a dirty stroke in the game just tough hard fair hurling and the quality, I thought, was actually very, very good for the, for the pitch and the day that was in it. And I want to touch on as well, um, Aidan, just uh, something else that, that you were speaking about during the commentary as well, which was work rate. Um, and, you know, that seemed to be something that that was really taken away from that game, particularly black and whites, just work, work, work throughout the, the entire game. Um, and, and I'm just curious, like someone like yourself who has been, a, a, been around in the inter-county setup for a long time and obviously playing with your club how do you obviously that's what everyone wants from their players is, is work rate but how do you instil that as a manager do you think yeah uh, look today the game has changed there's no, there's no doubt about it and uh, I think the first uh, the first cliche saying as you go into a dressing room now is work rate it's heart and it's determination and I suppose the instilling in players when you're talking about management teams and coaches and, and uh, the way they implement their game plan I think most people now will start off by you'll make this team if you work hard, if you put your head down and you often see forwards that the team need to score. Well, it's actually flipped on its head now. It's kind of like, right, uh, a forward might get the ball into his hand four or five times in a match. It's what you're doing without the ball now. It matters mostly and that's what people dictate around their, around their team now and that's who they pick. You know, they could have, I remember we had like lovely hurlers and stuff and you see lovely hurlers coming through but they mightn't make the team and it's because of their work rate it's because of their effort and it's a, it's nearly a mental barrier 
and it's it, it, they just have to instill it in training and to be fair training has actually changed in the last couple of years as well Do you know it's tackling boxes it's, it's tackling games it's, it's 7v7 it's it's 8v4 mm-hmm. Do you know so you're, you're kind of breeding that into the coaching levels at the, at the grade that you're at you know so you're not just going in putting balls over the bar you're going in now and you're working you're hooking you're tackling and that's where that's where the momentum comes from and if you look at any matches even if you look at the, the great Limerick side now we have the minute they're talking about the lovely scores and brilliant but they really come back to the work rate the drive the support play the intensity that's bring to it and that's what dictates matches and that's what win matches Brooks you know loose ball that's what win matches not scores the scores will come after that once you win them tough battles mm-hmm. and that's what it takes and that's what it takes and I think that's what everyone is preaching to their team yeah and that's what you always hear from Cody the greatest manager uh, that, that ever ever lived always talking about work rate and spirit I, don't, I think those two things are, are the fundamentals that he always speaks about as well but just to move on to uh, the intermediate uh, match then as well um, high drama in, in that one as well Taggy yeah uh, look to, to uh, to the serious uh, drama Sinead um, do you know from, from from the get-go, it was just uh, tip, nipping all the way through. Um, I went to extra time, as you said in the commentary already. Uh, very, very high-scoring game. Um, but I think Gaines Ford, to be fair to him, <clears throat> they were the better side on the day as well. Uh, Thomastown, I felt, you know, they were just uh, chasing their tails a small bit and they scored four goals in total. And I think the four goals really kind of kept them in the game. You know, Gaines Ford uh, were probably moving the ball a little bit quicker. They are a bit smarter on the ball and I think more of their players were more involved in the game if that makes sense you know there were more of a threat up front uh, there was more of a scoring spread with Jack Bruton you know Richie Hogan was just a phenomenal form James Malady Ben Whitty you know every one of them contributed to the Danes fourth win and to the, to the best team definitely won on the day in the intermediate one as well yeah, and you'd really have to feel for Thomastown, um, uh, Taggy. You know their uh, their their fourth appearance, I think, in five years in a, in a final. It's it's really tough. Do you think that that pressure maybe um, just got to them on the day and impacted their performance? Yeah, we spoke about it before the match started. It's, it's actually their third final in four years, and after losing. Um, it's 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 a tough one to take, and it did look in the first ten minutes. It's got to get going. And they looked a little bit nervous. They looked as if they just wanted to win it so much that they just couldn't get the performance out of them. And that's not taken from, away from Jane Sport. Like, it ended 136 to 425. Now, any team in Kilkenny that scored 425 and lost a county yeah. final, that's a very hard place to be. That would yeah. win most county finals. Uh, they, they, as I said, it's, it's a, really, a huge really score, game. like isn't it? Huge oh, score, yeah. Score. It, it is a massive score, and I suppose if you look at Dan's fourth got their goal in the second half of extra time. They had, if you go on scores alone, they had thirty six scores to twenty nine scores, and that would probably tell you that Dan's fourth had had the better score and average uh, in total in the home game. And I felt really that it really was the goals keeping Thomas down it, 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 the fourth I felt they all had the edge you know Richie Hogan Jack Bruton James Manali they, they were kind of free scoring in the first half and the goals kept Thomas down in, in touch you know so and in fairness they, they came at him in the first half Jack Hogan in seven minutes got a great goal but for all the hurling Thomas Town was doing Dane's fourth lays you know 13 points to 1-8 going in at half time and Thomas Town would have been kind of going wondering they missed a few scoring chances themselves that they need to be really, really scoring uh, to, to put them ahead. And it looked a little bit lethargic. As I said, 
Dale's fourth are only down from seeing their two years and they looked a little bit cuter on the ball and just a bit more le- less panic in them if you, if you understand that yeah and, and like what were your thoughts then going into extra time because um, I know that you know Thomastown apparently would have had you know the better bench and that's something that is crucial crucial fresh legs going going into extra time did you think that they might have been able to pull it off in extra time or, or what was your what was your kind of uh, thoughts um, on that well we did because Dane Ford led <clears throat> from that point on from after half time they led all the way through the, through the match until a Jack Holden goal, a late goal, <clears throat> got them uh, got them to draw a game. And there was a real pep in their step because if you're Thomas Town going in at full time, right, we haven't hurled well, but we draw the game and we have 20 minutes now just to turn it on and, and, and come out of the blocks and absolutely blow Dane's fourth away. Looks a little bit livelier going in. Dane's fourth looked a little disappointed. Now, I'm only looking, I'm only reading body language here going in off the field, but Dane's fourth would have felt that they left it behind them. But in fairness, they came out in the in the first half in the first half of, of extra time, and they Ford put three points on the board straight away. And Thomas Town were kind of chasing their tails from then. And you talk about impact off the bench. Thomas Town had a, had a Eddie Donnelly coming on, and Zach A. Hammond coming on, and they made a difference. But then, like uh, you had Dane Ford, and I think it got it was actually Jay Cullen who came on full forward, and Jay Cullen scored a goal in the quarter final. He scored a goal in the semi-final and he came on and scored 1-1 uh, for Dane's fourth again in the county final. And he made a massive difference when he came off the bench. Yeah, uh, like again, huge congratulations to, to Dane's fourth, but um, uh, commiserations, of course, to, to Thomastown as, as well. Uh, it must be difficult going back there again um, and, you know, not getting the result that they were, that they so, that they so, so wanted. Um, but just finally, before I finish up uh, with you, uh, Aidan, I just wanted to get your thoughts. I was speaking to Winnie, Willie Quinlan there uh, earlier on, just getting his thoughts on... Um, the Sky Sports ending ending their their partnership there with the GAA. It was controversial, as I said from from the very beginning uh, that that relationship. But uh, just interested to to get your opinion on that. Yes, Ned. Look, I suppose look, there's far and against. There's people for Sky and there's people against Sky, and it was controversial. I think the biggest controversial thing with Sky was that it wasn't free to air, so you had to have your Sky package or your Sky channels to look at an amateur sport GEA games on a Saturday or, or on a Sunday that was the big draw for people you know maybe guys uh, the older guys maybe guys fathers and things that they have guy and they only had one two or three and, and, and all that that they couldn't watch the, 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 the championship matches during the summer or in September um, they couldn't see them you know you had to pay for channels but I suppose on the flip side of that <coughs> Sky coming in really did raise the profile of uh, GEA and hurling and football you know the revenue for the GEA I don't know the ins and outs of it I, I don't know the politics of it I don't know the, the money wise but there ought to be a big revenue obviously they're paying the GEA for rights for these matches and the promotion of the game so I, I, I really actually felt Sky really promoted the GEA big time because Sky are a global brand you know they're, they're in most mm. countries and next thing you turn on a channel Sky 4 or whatever it is Sky 3 and you have this game on guys are going to tune in for a couple of minutes just to see what it's all about and it definitely did raise the profile I suppose it did kind of challenge RTE to up their game as well as you always say if there's more people in the marketplace people tend to up their game the analysis is very good a good friend of mine JJ Delaney was on, was on the panel excellent uh, pundit um, over the years as well uh, the, the, the commentary and punditry was, was excellent I thought on it you know and they're there since 2014 they did raise the profile of the game and you know what I suppose if you're looking at it I think it's, um, I th- I think it's bad that they're after pulling out 
Um, I don't know what the GA or what what's in their minds if they have a, another deal, whether TV3 will come in, BBC. I think TG4 do great analysis. Mm-hmm. Just talked about GA Go getting involved. I'm not too sure, but in terms of promotion of the game, in terms of revenue for the GA, it's obviously bad. Um, it depends what they're going to do with the matches now. I can see RTE able to, I suppose, there's so many matches now in such a condensed season, because the season is shorter. Will they be able to show all the matches? And if they're not, they're going to have to get someone else in it because I think Sinead there's a massive massive area there that's untouched regarding club games if you even look at the club games around in the last couple of weeks there's been street, it's been streamed online a lot of busy people tune in I did a bit of streaming there over COVID as well um, with my own county here Kilkenny as well a lot of people tuned in so there's a massive area I feel for analysis during the week for maybe shows uh, prepping up the championship matches league games there's a massive window of opportunity I think for people and I think the more the more people involved, the the better the game will grow. Yeah, and interesting what you were saying there as well about that. You know, it kind of brought uh, it brought um, our games to a, a more of a I suppose global audience, um, and it's games that we're so proud of over here. So, but uh, thanks so much for your your insight on on all of that, uh, Taggy, um, and for your analysis on on those two county finals as well. Uh, look look after yourself, and we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks, Thanks a million. Uh, that was uh, Aidan Taggy Fogarty there talking about the two county finals in Kilkenny over the weekend. We're going to take a quick ad break now and coming up after the break, I'm going to be talking to Pod O'Dwyer, a GAA referee in County Carlow. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCLOR. Thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, it was National Respect the Referee Day on October 22nd, which was just Saturday uh, gone. I'm now joined on the line uh, by Pod O'Dwyer. He's a, a referee in County Carlow uh, to speak about this. Pod, how are you doing? Not too bad, myself. Good, good, not too bad. Um, just uh, I, we all know, like you know, there's there's been many instances uh, of uh, referee abuse over over the last couple of weeks and, and months, sadly. And I think the GAA are trying to address this in some in some way. And one of the initiatives that they've had is a uh, National Respect the Referee Day. Can you just explain what that is, please, Pod? Uh, basically, over the weekend, uh, they had before uh, an awful lot of the county finals. They had the two teams lining up to shake hands with the referee and to shake hands with each other just to highlight the fact that there needs to be more respect for referees and for the job that they're doing. But within the association, um, there's been too many problems over the last few months and, and so on that uh, it just needs to be highlighted more and more respect needs to be to be uh, given to the set of officials that are on duty each day. Um, without them, we'll have no games. Absolutely. And do you think that this, um, like what you just described there, shaking the, the ref's hand before the game, it, it seems like a small gesture, that, but that could possibly go a long, long way. Um, do you think something like that is, um, it might seem small, but have a, a bigger impact? Well, it is only a small thing, but if it highlights the problem and gets people talking about it, well, then it starts... The, the improvements it has to start back at uh, with each club and with the the people who appoint 
uh, mentors in their in their own clubs to make sure that they have the right people over teams that instill in the players and from the sideline just the right type of respect that's required and also within the clubs that uh, the parents and supporters that are on the sideline if they are misbehaving and shouting in abuse and so on as a referee that someone from their own clubs needs to call them out on it and, and show the right example that they shouldn't be doing it and so on that's the only way things are really going to improve but this is the start of it. Uh, it's going to be a long process before it improves significantly, but we have to start somewhere. And if this is highlighting it and leading to more action, well, then that's good. Yeah, and, and is that the issue, do you think, Paul, tolerance? Do you think that it's something that has been tolerated for far too long? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Especially at, at underage games, when you have young referees starting out and they're just learning their trade and so on. and. Uh, the kids themselves, they're just trying, going out to enjoy themselves. But the problem then arises from the sideline when you have parents and supporters shouting in, uh, especially half the time the rules aren't actually known by, by the parents or supporters shouting in at the referee. You know, He or she is out there doing their best. Um, the players are doing their best. It, it all needs to, needs to be a bit more uh, cop on given, given from the sideline and so on. A bit more respect bit more tolerance shown that way because up until now referees have been taking too much abuse and have been too tolerant we spots come for, for them from the sidelines and it just has to change otherwise we won't be getting referees coming through yeah, well, look, hopefully this is only the start of many more campaigns that we will see to try and really uh, tackle this problem head on. But listen, thanks so much for joining us on the show today, uh, Pod, and we'll, we'll talk to you again very soon. No problem, thanks. Thanks very much. As uh, Pod O'Dwyer there, he is a GAA referee in County Carlow. That's just about all we have time for on the show today. Uh, thank you so much to all of my guests that I had over the last hour. Uh, you're going to be joined by Own Carey next for Fully Loaded. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I won't be back next week, but the week after uh, to um, to fill you in on everything that's happening locally in Carlow and Kilkenny, uh, where GAA, football, rugby and all other sports in both counties are concerned. So do join me then. Carlow, Kilkenny, KCLR.